Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles the rich and Uranus. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. <laughs> Greetings, trashlings, and welcome back to another episode of Space Trash. Lifestyles the rich and Uranus, and I'm Sarah Armour. And I'm Molly Molshine. And Sarah, I, I need to open with, you know I'm a fitness freak. Oh, yeah. Freak in the house. She's, I, <laughs> She's super freaky. <laughs> I love fitness. And I've been doing weightlifting for the last year or so. I decided to stop because I've just felt, and this is not a value judgment, but I felt puffy and weird. And I also was dreading working out. I was like, I don't want to work out. Every time I had to do a workout, I was like, this sucks. And I miss doing Pilates and yoga and bar and things like that. I just miss that because that's the kind of exercise I like. I was torturing myself, forcing myself to do this stuff that I didn't like doing. So I stopped, I switched on one of my stupid Reddit message boards about fitness. I learned, did you know this? The new craze on TikTok is stop weightlifting and do Pilates and hot girl walks. Whoa. Okay. Now I don't know if you know this, I'm not necessarily a fitness freak, but boy, does this girl love a walk. So I'm going to need to know more about what a hot girl walk even is because I'm on board for that. But I also want to say like, that is so you to be like, just intrinsically like, like inherently ahead of the TikTok trend. Like that's absurd. Well, I think I was in concert with the TikTok trend. And so let me tell you what the trend is and what it's grounded in. And it could very well be pseudoscience. And if you're out there and you're listening and you think it's pseudoscience, don't tell me. I don't care. Is there anybody that would consider themselves a pseudoscientist? Like, are we pseudoscientists? Yeah, we like astrology. Okay, so like, let's just make pseudoscience a thing. Right. And there's nothing wrong with pseudo. If you if you took high school biology, you, you remember protozoans have pseudopods it means false foot and they use it to trick their enemies so what's wrong with being pseudo whoa i am so impressed that you remember the meaning of pseudopod and i agree with you completely sometimes we need a little bit of a false foot it's true it's useful anyway the pseudoscience behind this and i will say pseudoscience because really i think a lot of stuff is the placebo effect anyway mm-hmm. so it doesn't really matter but the pseudoscience between quit weightlifting go into pilates is it's all based on your hormone cycles this is what the girlies are saying on tiktok whoa they are saying Yes, do your weightlifting, but it's best to do that the week after your period. If you, if you do heavy weightlifting or any sort of really intense exercise the week before or the week of your period, you could be spiking your cortisol, which makes you hang on to fat, especially belly fat. 
whoa. So there's this new movement on TikTok of, uh, and I mean, off of TikTok, probably it's a lot of people with PCOS subscribe to this polycystic ovary syndrome. Oh, poly means many. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go. Into it. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually pseudo polycystic ovary. <laughs> right. That's what I have. Cause I'm a hypochondriac, but the, a lot of people with PCOS on TikTok talk about this, the, the hormones it's like you want, you need to work out and eat in a way that goes with your hormones. They say that intermittent fasting is very bad for women because if you, because men have a 24 hour, um, hormone cycle and women obviously have a month long hormone cycle. So if you wake up in the morning and don't eat, it can jack up your hormones really crazy. So, right. So this is why everyone is not quitting running, quitting weightlifting, quitting high intensity interval training and switching to Pilates and hot girl walks. So what is hot girl walks? Hot girl walk is when you put on a really cute workout outfit and go for a walk. That's literally it. That's what I do every day. You're doing hot girl walks. Okay. So I do work out. Yes, you work out. Walking is like the best form of exercise because it doesn't mess up your joints. It's good for your mental health. It's like, it's so good. It's yeah. I do get my, I do get tons of steps. And especially when I'm at the, uh, the DDC MCC doggy daycare, Myers canine cardio, because when we, we had like eight dogs last week and I was, I was like 1600 steps by noon walking all these motherfuckers, but I do walk around everywhere. And I do think that Pilates. You mean 16,000 steps? 16,000, 16,000. I was was barely moving and it was actually eight. We were just, we were going to the bathroom in the yard and I was counting it as a walk. No, Um, but yeah, it was like 16,000 before noon. Like I was just, we walking, we were walking. I love this. That is very gratifying to hear as somebody who's made on some level their life's work teaching and observing the moon cycle, which is <gasps> cycle. It is why we do the moon yule. So, I mean, even like one of the things that I was brainstorming with Desi last week about like what we're going to build moving forward, but like, like, okay, like fitness as a, like using the moon cycle with fitness. It's like, actually after the new moon, if you're telling me after the new moon, that would be a week where we do X, Y, Z fitness versus like literally what you're describing is, a holistic approach to everything, which is what we do and how we use the moon cycle, which is like, we're honoring the feminine cycle. And so in every week where, you know, whatever phase the moon is in is also the phase that we're in. And right. so to honor that, well, it has phase, to do with your period too, though. Some people are new moon bleeders. Some people are full moon bleeders. Some people bleed right in the middle. Either way, the moon cycle is the moon cycle, wherever you fall along it in terms of your own right. process of, of ovulation and drainage or maybe drainage is the wrong word, but drainage. Yeah. Totally drainage. (laughs) (laughs) So I was watching one of these. I love that. I didn't even put it together with the moon. So now let me tell you the the thing that I was going to say about why it's relevant to us besides just being hot girls is I was watching one of these videos where the, one of these girls was like, I can't believe everybody's doing this at the same time. So many people are like going kinder on their bodies and doing these nicer exercises and blah, 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 blah. And I left a comment that was like, I wonder if it's something astrological and then cancer season started. Oh shit. Wow. That is actually so very relevant to us. That's exactly what cancer season would call us to do, which is like, right. Bring it home to the body and actually do that more gentle, more loving, more feminine approach to health. Yes. And I was like, oh my God, this is all divine feminine. This is Mm -hmm. amazing. And it's such a great page to turn for all of us right now. And it's really ties together everything. Now, 
I mean, first thing I want to say is just, I've switched. I'm not doing weightlifting anymore. I'm I've been back on what I like, which is Pilates yoga and bar. And I feel friggin' amazing. So everybody try it. Everybody awesome. do five minutes, go on YouTube, type in five minute Pilates, just do it. Or Can you do Pilates without a reformer? Yes. Very easily. Yes. Oh, cool. Oh, I'll yes. definitely do that. I used to love that. It's the best. If you want to try the reformer or the Peloton app also, uh, I'll give you a discount code. If oh, anyone yeah, wants do it. To. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm in. Yeah. It's the best. You can pick you. There's like hundreds of classes, everything you want. You just pick how long you want it to be, who the instructor is. Boom. It's, it's great. So everybody hot girl walk, body weight exercise, being nice to our bods. It just it amend the hot girl walk. If you guys want the little Sarah special style. I dance walk almost everywhere. Cute. Yep, yep, yep. So if you want to just add a little bit of zhuzh to your hot girl walk, if you want to maybe burn a few extra cows and or just feel like you still got it, a dance walk will actually bring you from here to there in in the same amount of time that a walk would. And you're also getting a little bit of cardio in because your hips are on a swivel. You are feeling the music. Also, you know that we're body negative to... Too neutral on this podcast, but it's not even about burning cows. It's about just feeling embodied and feeling like totally. what's on the outside matches what's on the inside and just feeling good. Speaking of dance walks, <laughs> Beyonce's new song, Break My Soul. Uh, I'm obsessed with it. I think because today when I was plant thinking about what are we going to talk about today, uh, it's the divine feminine anthem. Tell me more. So I actually only heard it. I just woke up. I heard it on a few people are using it now, like in their stories for the first time today, because it's out in stories. So I was just listening to the beginning of it. I haven't even heard it fully through. Did she release a new album or just the song or what's the deal? Just the song. The song has a sample from Big Frida. It's like this 90s house vibe. Oh. Um, it's an anti-work anthem. It's release your job is the the thing she samples from Big Frida. She says, oh I just fell in love. I just quit my job. You can't break my soul. It's a post-COVID roaring 20s renaissance. The album is called Renaissance Anthem. And I was thinking, how does this play into cancer season, which she released it on the first day of cancer season. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Um, it's, it's, you know, the girlies are not supposed to be working. I mean, that's a hot take. <laughs> uh, I love that. I agree. Uh, well, look, okay. <laughs> Last year, you explained to me the divine feminine is about creating and the yep. divine masculine is about supporting that creation. Oh my God. One, thank you for it. That is exactly right. Way to go. You are an incredible. Right. And it is in an ideal world. In an ideal world, I mean, we have to make the babies. That's enough fucking work. Like, make the babies and have a side hustle or whatever, and then have, like, you know, a couple pay pigs. Of course, because of the way that the patriarchy has bastardized the world, that is not the way it works. What it should be is the queen bee worker bee structure. And instead, women became subservient. So I don't know what the answer is, but I am saying cancer season, divine feminine, quit your job, QYJ, as one of my friends coined in the group chat today. Love. Yeah. So I don't know. I just think saying I'm not working anymore. I mean, we're not there yet as a society because we are still living in a patriarchy. And unfortunately, in order to have enough enough 
food to eat, you're probably going to end up being property of a man, even still, unless you're like a CEO, but still it's a great idea. It's a nice idea. Well, I do think that first of all, very good model. That is exactly right. The divine feminine's role is to actually do less and create intentionally by attracting magnetically everything that she wants and then putting the pieces together physically. But that isn't work as much as it is, uh, whether it's baby making or homemaking or art, people's, people's day making, right. Or art, uh, or like having an office job. That's some people's right, Some people enjoy that and that's totally yeah. allowed. Right. But, but your ability to like your ability to do less and create more is not only the divine feminine responsibility, but it also is why we need to heal both the masculine and the feminine, because in order for us to do this, we do need the masculine to be supportive of this doing less, right? Exactly. And I do think it's very cancer season. I also think it's very apropos because there's sort of this, you know, what is it? They're not calling it the great, it's not the great recession. What is the great, like everybody just resignation, the great resignation. Like that's the moment we're in and everybody's leaving jobs at record rates so I do think the one thing about this kind of song from Beyonce though that I do find just like slightly I don't know if the word is insulting or oh yeah well it's just like your this is your work and you've never had a job to quit and you are working and the more you work the more money you make and then you get to just still be a billionaire so it's a little bit like everybody you quit your jobs. I literally won't. And I'm going to cash out. And it's like, okay, B, like uh, until this, if, if this is your retirement announcement, then that is incredible. But otherwise it's a little bit like, yeah, hypothetically, yeah. let's quit our jobs. But you doing this is your job and you're going to make a huge amount of money on this. So what do you Right. Mean? It is a double-edged sword. And there were a lot of really funny tweets about that. Like somebody was like, how's Beyonce going to tell me to quit my job when I spent $50 on her mystery merch box last year? Right. Exactly. And like, how many mugs, how many mugs do we have to accrue that say, if Beyonce has 24 hours to, you know, Beyonce, yeah. what is the, what is the thing that's like, Beyonce you have the same is- hours in a day as Beyonce. Yeah. And also I'm like, okay, quit my job. Yeah. 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 But I didn't have a stage dad. I wish I did. Right, right. I wish that one of my parents was like, get your little butt out there and shake it for Ed Sullivan until <laughs> you become a, a precocious millionaire, you know, like, right. But I didn't. I had to go to college and I had to get a job. So like, yes, Beyonce got a head start on all of us because she's been working since she was a kid and she's a multimillionaire. So that's how she is able to. I mean, yeah, she took it. This is her first solo album in six years. This is her first solo album since Lemonade, which was a complete cultural reset and a masterpiece. So it's like. She did sort of, I mean, she did the, the Lion King stuff. She did a few collabs. She has been doing stuff, no, but she, she put out it. a whole album. She put out a Carter's album. No, they just did the tour. They didn't do a whole album. Oh, really? It was probably Jay-Z's album and she had a few songs on it. Oh. Yeah, but they did have the tour together. She has been doing stuff. She hasn't released like, I think what her big, big, big thing is, is her solo albums. And so she took a little bit of a maternity leave for like, you know, she was still doing stuff. That's the dream, right? Like get super rich, have your kid work on the stuff you want to work on while you're raising the kid and then come back fully formed right where you left off. So like, I don't know, maybe that's part of it too. Maybe that's her divine feminine thing is like, we have got to stop 
forcing women to be both things at once. Like, let us get a little bit of maternity leave, you know? And, and right. And I don't mean maternity, maternity leave being like six months until your baby's off the tee. It's actually like six years until you're like, I'm ready to leave the house again or whatever. Where's right. my light keep turning off? But I also think I was reading a uh, Regina Spector also just released a new album after I, I is it six, like a huge amount of time. Like she hasn't released an album. I don't remember what the timing is, but she just released a new album after a decade or whatever. And there was a, there was an article in NPR that I was reading where it was saying basically that like part of the creative process And in turn, the feminine process, that is the creative process. But she's like, part of the feminine process requires huge breaks. Like, there is no way that like, and it's even like, remember, we were talking about Lizzo a few months ago, and it was like, people were hating on her new album. But it was like, the question is like, well, is the problem with the new album that we're just like, we're just haters, and we're going to hate anything? Or is it that like, she has this record contract where she has Mm -hmm. a certain amount of output that she needs to legally put out in order to fulfill the contract and so therefore of course it's not as good because the artistic process isn't meant to be it is the difference between like creative writing and journalism so to speak because it's like journalism isn't really about molly being the best writer or somebody being a good writer it's about actually delivering information whereas i think an album or a screenplay or any sort of creative expression that is that is thoughtful and and that takes, you know, creation and building and work isn't really meant to be done on any sort of deadline. Right. I'm reading this book right now because, okay, you know, do you know, Atessa Mashfeg? She is an author. She wrote my year of rest of relax, rest and relaxation. Oh no, but I've heard of this book. Wait, yeah. Tell me. She has a new novel out this week called Lapvona, which apparently is really weird and crazy. I'm excited to read it. And she also did a profile of Brad Pitt for GQ, which just came out today. There was nothing really that spicy in it, but um, apparently, so she's this critical darling. People are obsessed with her. Um, apparently, her say her name again. I'll send it to you. It's hard. Yeah. To, like, what is that? Not, what is that even? What is that? Did she make that name up herself? Yeah. She's like Yugoslavian or something. Her name oh, is okay. Ot- Otessa, like Odessa, but with two T's. Okay mosh feg which m-o-s-h-f-e-g-h so um she said she's this really kind of you know all the hoity-toity people like her but she said that she wrote her first book by reading this book by alan watt called the 90 day novel and i was like whoa that is so my style to read some cheapo ass like bargain bin book about how to write a novel and then write the novel so i'm reading it and um one of the things that stuck with me was about how like all these people who say you need to plan it out, plan it out, plan it out. Like they might like that might not work because it's supposed to be a right brained activity, not a left brained activity. Like you're not supposed to be so analytical. You're supposed to just kind of let it flow. And that's what she says in her interviews. She's like, something is using me as a vessel and speaking through me. And that is where the work is coming from. I can't sit and think too hard about it. And like, I don't know, there's just so many different other ways to do it where people are, are super analytical about it. And well, I love, I, I agree completely. Um, in big magic, do you ever read big magic? Yes, exactly. Same thing. I was going to say thing. that. Yeah. 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 It's like with Elizabeth Gilbert, like basically saying that, like, don't take, don't make your creative ideas or the work of, of like bringing to life your creative ideas that personal. Don't make it about your ego. It's like, if an, if an idea is trying to be channeled through you, you are simply the vessel, which with you have the feminine ability to receive this download and just put it on. It's like your responsibility is just to put it on paper. It's not to actually like think about it. 
Oh my God, it is feminine. It's like the Virgin Mary. You mean Courtney? The Virgin Mary, Travis's head tattoo, actually. Yeah. So the other thing that happened that I think dovetails with this, and I read a really interesting piece about it by Caitlin Flanagan at The Atlantic, is Sheryl Sandberg left Facebook. She just snuck right out the door during the Whoa. Amber Heard. Yeah, when the Amber Heard verdict was coming out, she left. So... Caitlin Flanagan wrote this big piece all about how lean in was just, we all applauded it. We all became obsessed with girl boss feminism and how it was so harmful because like part of the lore around Sheryl Sandberg was after she became Facebook's, what was she COO or something after she stepped into the job, she had a kid and went back to work three days later. And it was supposed to be this like, really like, Oh my God, how amazing she's so she's leaning in, she's leaning into her job. And it's like, that's so unrealistic. Most women are still bleeding from the taint at that time. Right. She went back to work to Facebook in a diaper. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like that in perspective right and and like this piece that caitlin flanagan wrote i don't think you would have been able to write it at the time that that book came out because everyone was applauding her and being like yes this is what we're doing this we're doing it was like the zenith of like second wave feminism which is you know the feminism that says like earning the same place in the workplace as the men is going to solve all our problems. And it just, you know, like when I was growing up, not to throw my dad under the bus, but my parents both worked. (laughs) No, love him. But my parents both worked. And my mom was always like, you know, it's really important that you work and have a job and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, my mom's a feminist. This is awesome. And then at a certain point I was like, nobody's cleaning the house. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's like actually like, right. Because everybody's like working and like keeping their fair share up and like putting out, you know, they're giving their good work to the world. It's like, we actually live in abject dysfunction. Right. And it's like, cause my dad was not, my dad did not lend a hand. Ideally, right. you should have. Ideally, it should be whichever parent. Ideally, you should be able to support a family on one salary, and whichever whichever parent would rather stay at home stays at home. Totally. Or if both parents want to work, they can afford childcare or cleaning lady, right? Childcare and a cleaning lady, right? But instead, because of like not because of second wave feminism, because of the way that feminists have been forced to fit themselves into the patriarchy just to make any gains at all. We now have a system where both parents are working and they're just like getting by on the skin of their teeth anyway. Well, it's like, again, I mean, I hate to be such a broken record on this podcast, but that is why like there is an imminent collapse of I don't necessarily think like capitalism itself is over necessarily or like the United States government or whatever, but it's like, this isn't working. Like, right. If, if you now have a two income middle-class household and actually it does not cover the basic expenses required to keep up a household and raise your children, there is a huge fucking problem. Right. Especially like you should be comfortable with a two income house. You should be rich. You shouldn't be like middling, you know? Especially with two parents that are like, if, if, if it's like, you're, you're not talking about like, oh, uh, they just like work at the Piggly Wiggly down the block just for kicks, like while I'm at school. It's like, no, these are people that are actually gone at, like out of the house so much and working so hard that they don't have time to clean. Well, they're, they, giving, they're giving everything to their jobs. Right. I mean, well, you know, they probably would have found time if they really felt like it. Right. Sure. sure. <laughs> I mean, but, but at the end of the day, some people's houses are just tidier than others. 
Right. Like I'm That's sure we know are... that Casey's on some, ma- some massive rebellion of keeping a, a super clean house. Right. She's like the non Mulshine Mulshine, but that's her, that's her, that's her. She's taking back her power. Right. It's like, um, it's like if Iggy pop had a kid and they became a lawyer basically, right. which but... I would love to see. I would yeah, love yeah. to see it. Hel- hilarious. But there are plenty of, yeah, there are plenty of homes where both parents work and they also find time to clean, but the, it falls more on the women every single time. Like yeah. it's so unfair because we said, okay, we're going to step up and also get jobs because we don't want to be trapped in abusive marriages. We don't want to be stuck with men that are terrible to us so that we can like have freedom in case we do need to leave. We can pick up the kids and go and not be in poverty. And it's like, okay, well, the guys are just doing exactly what they were always doing. Well, I think the other thing if, about, I don't, again, I'm not blaming second wave feminism. It's not like, I th- yes, the option for women to work is essential because like you said, some people want to, you know, and actually whether I work or not, it is a requirement for any partner. My boyfriend's requirement of dating me is that you cook and clean and I don't have children and I don't have a job. So I don't know what that means about me, but I do not date men unless they cook and clean. So something to think about if you're interested in me, but my dad uh, cooks too, to be fair. My dad cooks every meal. But who's doing the dishes after? No one, not That's a soul. The ants point. that live in the kitchen are doing right. the dishes after. Huge amount of heavy lifting on their part, which is what they're here to do. They like it. Give me the crumbs. Yes. But- the ants are the only ones with the divine mask. No, that's not true. Because like I said, my dad cooks all the meals. So that is, that is a contribution. It's a contribution. I also think it's a very masculine contribution on some level because it's actually like I'm going to do this work to support. I'm going to fuel the family with nourishing yummies, yum yum. Right. You know? How else are they going to watch MSNBC all day? Right. And then we're not going to have anything to fight about if I don't cook this meal and you catch up on all the lib news from that <laughs> perspective or whatever your dad would say. <laughs> but, but I think that like the whole thing is that like the, the, the women's lib, women's lib, it's like women should have equal opportunity, equal pay, equal everything and not equal requirements because like we do get periods. We do have babies. There does need to be just sort of different, I think, uh, I think there needs to be a different baseline of like what what sort of benefits, quote unquote, women or whatever parent chooses to stay home after a baby is born. Like there needs to be like just more options of that. But I don't think that like it's that women like I think this whole thing is like women should be able to work like equal opportunities, whatever. It's like we took it way too far, which is to say that like now they have to work. And in fact, the women who I know are actually like supporting their families more often than not. I know so many deadbeat dads and broke ass dudes who just like, yes, like very charming to be an artist, very charming to cook and clean and want to just be a dad. But also like if you're going to bring a child into this world as a father, I do think it is your responsibility to financially care for that child, at least until they're 35. Right. Am I right? No, but it's like, well, I think like, that's funny. 35. I think I'm just you, hoping, I hope that you guys all think it's okay that I'm here, but, but the well, there are so many people who the women would go completely insane if they had to stay home. Totally. And for some people that is the right, that's what I'm saying. Like it's a, it being an option is essential, but it actually shouldn't necessarily be like, it's like, just because it's allowed doesn't mean that now it's our responsibility to do. It's like, I love right. suffragettes. I love the women's movements. I love the the pursuit of equality. Absolutely. And I think it should be equal. But I do think there's also something to be said for like, you know, like, like the, this day and age, like if my mother, when she was, when she was 
looking for men out on the prowl in her day. Like, I feel like now women are not even allowed to tell the truth, which is like, I'm looking for a rich husband. I want to be a stay at home mom. That, if you ask my mother, like what her dreams were, what is your life's work, Myra? If you would ask her at any phase in her life, what she would have said is I want to be a mom. Right. Yeah. That is very taboo. It's like That's now. not even allowed anymore. Right. Yeah. Like one time I forget who I was talking to, but one of my guy friends was like, oh, this girl like told me she wanted to be a stay at home mom. So I was like, oh, I'm never going out with her again. And I was like, well, who's going to take care of your kids? You should only be gonna... so lucky, dude. How much money? Step up? Right. How much money are you going to make? Because are you going to be able to afford preschool? Because when I was little, my mom's entire paycheck went to preschool. Like there was literally no money left over. It was like $50 each week left over. Like people don't, guys don't understand. I feel like how much it costs to actually do that and have a kid. And also it's important to remember though, that if second wave feminism never happened, we would still be Betty Draper. We would be stuck like sitting at home with an alcoholic cheating crazy husband who just gets to do whatever the hell he wants and you just have to sit there because you're basically his property so it is better than that sure nick is waving at me like that's me he was Ah! just Ah! (laughs) Um, oh boy but what what an what an off moment for the scorpio to admit it I know. I know. Funny. Right. But no, he doesn't cheat on me. He just does all the other stuff. But like (laughs) the the thing that we need to do is like push it further and we need to have more maternity leave. We need to have more support for people with kids, for women with kids. It's still the hardest thing in the world to be a mom. And it's the hardest thing to be a single mom. Like all the single moms should be able to live. Like they have a rich husband too. Cause they're bringing the freaking kids in the world. Like the birth rate is not doing great. You know, like it's important oh. to have kids. Kids need to exist. If we don't have kids to replenish, um, the population Medicaid and the population, Yes, but the economy, we're going to run out of money to support all the old people. There's too many boomers. So like we should be paying women to have children right now. Like they do in Europe because Europe makes fucking sense. But, you know, that's my spiel on Sheryl Sandberg. Good riddance. Like I'm like curious about a few different things here. Like there's a lot. I didn't even know that. Good job, Sheryl. You did it. You snuck out. I mean, it's kind of like she did the Friday afternoon news dump version of quitting a big time job. Like, right, because Facebook has- the Amber Johnny thing was actually too much news that nobody would give a fuck about what she did. Right. Because she Facebook has become progressively more and more evil since she left. Like there are so many bad things that happened while she was there. Yes, it's also Mark Zuckerberg's job, but she also at the same time is preaching, sell your entire soul to your job. And it's like, oh, and then you're going to sell our data to Russia. Oh, that's what it means to lean in. Well, so right. Lean into the corruption. It is what it is. But here's my okay. So two things, many thoughts. First thought. Did she make any kind of statement? Like, is she going somewhere else or is she just going to raise her child? Like, like, is there any more information other than just like, oh, wow, data point, she left. She is going somewhere else. Let me see. Where, where is Cheryl Sandberg going? Google auto-corrected it. Leaving Meta. I always forget that it's called Meta. Meta. In a lengthy post on Facebook, she would leave her role. She is a Taurus son. What? Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's just work, 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 work. Well, not only that, but she's 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 a Taurus sun and a Virgo moon. So it literally is work, 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 work. Her moon is in Virgo and her south node is in Virgo. Her north node is in Pisces, which is like she's actually kind of here to learn to 
she's here to do the and and so are you it's kind of interesting it's a similar vibe to you which is like you both are kind of here to learn that why is my fucking light doing this you're both kind of here to learn that like doing the work doesn't necessarily mean creating like massive output in a public way and making money and having status like doing work sometimes is the feminine work of like daydreaming and like getting a little messy and listening to your intuition and like learning the intuitive, the, the, the intuitive divine feminine work uh, like protocols as a North node in Pisces and sort of surrendering the structure and surrendering the status and surrendering the quote unquote results mm-hmm. is a part of what you both you and Cheryl are here to learn to do. She is going to focus on philanthropy. Yeah, right. She's what does gonna, that even mean? She's probably going to become a lobbyist. Right. She's probably going to run a nonprofit that like makes people believe that getting their data sold is a good thing. You know what I mean? Like she's. I was just going to say that. Right. She's actually going to lobby for. She's going to become like a Russian like intermediary. Right. She's like okay, they're actually really good bots. They're actually really good bots. I just want to say. That on our Erica Jane episode, I believe the one with friend of the pod, Connor Bean, we gave our, and if you don't remember, Erica Jane is, oh my God, I can't believe. Okay. Erica Jane is a real housewife of Beverly Hills, whose husband made a fortune as a lawyer and he allegedly embezzled it and the shit has hit the fan. She's going through some serious legal issues. Um, the, The new season is on now. We all said what our predictions were going to be of what's going to happen to her. I said, yeah, what did we say? I don't even remember. I don't remember what you guys said. I think someone said she's going to find another rich guy and move on to the other rich guy. And I said, no, she's going to be drunk in a ranch house or a trailer laying on the couch being like, I used to have it made. Uh, I used to have it made. <laughs> so you what? think she's going to go full victim mode? Oh yeah. What appears on the next week on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills episode last week? Literally that. Literally. Yes. She's lying on the couch. They're on a boat and she's like wasted. And she's like, I used to have a yacht. It was called the illegal, which is (laughs) hilarious. And she's like, I, this, all this used to be mine, like in her weird voice. And she's hammered. I'm telling you, I predicted it completely. Wow. No, what was the, no, you're literally like the, you're like the, the housewives whisperer. I know I'm Oedipus, the blind, I'm the blonde prophet, the blonde (laughs) prophet. Oh my God. Wait, that's okay. That's perfect. So it's like, you know, we all have names like, like, um, Desi's PH Desi. I'm Sarah Stottle. You're the blonde prophet. Oh my God. And also it wasn't Oedipus. It was Tiresias or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh my God. I'm the blonde prophet. Blonde prophet is a fucking hilarious. If anything, make it a a Finsta. I love it. For sure. Because, but also it's funny because it's like profit, profit. No, no. We're going to really make something of this. I fucking love that. Yeah. So, okay. I have said this. I have said all of this to you. I put this on the list just because I wanted to brag about the fact that I got it right. I'm Not so even bad. realizing, Sarah, what is Erica Jane's sun sign? Wouldn't you know this bitch? She's a motherfucking cancer sun. She's also a Venus in cancer. The sun just moved into cancer. All of this is happening in her 
10th house, meaning her public legacy, her career. So her being a cancer on that chaise lounge, victimizing herself and weeping is right on brand. This is perfect. I I can't believe it. I just thought I was going to be throwing in a complete random extra spare tire into this podcast episode, but she's a freaking cancer. I can't believe it. So Um, the big question, I mean, I love this actually storyline for her that she's drinking too much and mixing it with her antidepressants because antidepressants, because they're but for the grace of God, go the rest of us. Um, (laughs) who hasn't, I mean, there's a clip also of Rinna saying to her, you can drink or you can take the antidepressants, but you can't drink on the antidepressants. I'm like, tell that to 80% of people taking antidepressants. Well, it's interesting. I feel like Erica Jane, one of the things, and I think we said this on the pod with Connor, but like, I think one of the things that she has done so artfully and totally accidentally, specifically accidentally, I truly do not think she wanted any of this. Uh, I think she really was just like, yeah, I'll marry that old dude. Let me just get rich. But like, mm-hmm. but like she is, she has, she has put the reality in reality TV in a way that we have maybe never seen. Like whether it is because of the like juicy drama of this actual, like, court case playing out in real time like getting subpoenaed or whatever during the season it's like so fucking juicy and real and her actually going through this in public on tv is amazing and now her being the stand-in for like being the character number one who like has quote-unquote like lost all their money and now is like drinking too much or whatever and now her being the the sort of the the face of the PSA that really everybody on planet earth should just remember which is that if you're on SSRI you should not be drinking but everyone does so I don't know I just think it's really funny like she somehow become like the people's housewife I know well I think she backs into absolutely everything she does I don't think she even was like I I think she's one of those housewives you have there's really two types of housewives there's the ones that are so self-aware and self-producing like Rinna. Rinna knows exactly what's going on at all times. Totally. She has a bird's eye view. I wouldn't be surprised if she was an Aquarius. Because no, isn't she, she also a Cancer? I don't know. I don't know. Let's look. But like, I would not be shocked if Rinna was an air sign because she always knows what's up. She's pulling the strings. She knows what's going on. Then you have the other type of housewife who is so like delusional is a a strong word, but just unself-aware does not know what the law is. Doesn't think the law applies to them. Does not have any idea how they appear to others whatsoever. Like Teresa Giudice is that the new one, Diana Jenkins is that because she is literally, there's rumors that she's a madam of like a high-class madam. Why would you- That I love to hear. I know you got to watch this season. It's actually shaping up to be pretty good, but like, yeah, there, and Erica is one of these housewives who things just kind of happen to her and she doesn't really have, I mean, yes, she has agency in that, you know, most lawyers don't have private jets that should have thrown up red flags, but she just sort of backed into having a rich husband. She was a cocktail waitress. She probably didn't think she was going to find a rich husband. She already had a kid by then. She was like already in her thirties, I think, or maybe late twenties, but like, she wasn't like this like jet setting girl who was like trying to find a rich dude. Like she, you know, well, I think she- although I feel like when you're a cocktail waitress with a child at like whatever it was, like stilettos in New Jersey, th- that is maybe the best case scenario for for like a promotion, if you will, would be to find right, but worth marrying. Would- would you ever think that was gonna happen? I mean, you just wouldn't. Right. And like, right. and I think, you know. 
her right, it's such a fantasy like if, if if that's what you're doing it's like yeah maybe <laughs> right and she just never seems to know what's actually going on in any fight she has no idea how she appears to the public she has no idea it's sort of like a little bit of an amber heard vibe honestly where she's just she's just saying it she's saying it i think she believes what she's saying and she does not have any idea how it's coming across so um which again, this is a hashtag team heard podcast. If anything, don't get, don't get me wrong. I don't know if I can, I don't fully agree. I don't, I'm not team heard. I cannot, I'm not. Okay. Okay, I would say this is a hashtag Amber Herb. My mother like flipped out the other day on everybody in the family and her big apology to everyone was to let us know via text. And then out loud that she was really sorry. She turned into Amber Herb. Herb. <laughs> but it's like a little I, I, kid I, I, writing it and making the d face the wrong way literally but then it's also like wow what a good joke mom what a happy accident like you bitch like lol but like I, I think i'm i think to me i'm team like drama i'm team like like storyline play out i'm team make it a blockbuster more than anything but like i don't think i'm team her heard i think she's messed up a lot of things for a lot I, I I don't know I'm not I don't like I them. agree with that I agree with that but I also think that the the consequences she's faced have been disproportionate to the ones that he has faced like, I agree with that I agree with that yeah that's I, I what I I'm not my problem I'm not, is I'm not a herd hater but I'm not team herd right 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 I'm just if I had to pick one I think the punishment has not fit the crime for her and he has had a second wind in his career like so I and I think they both were kind of I don't know who was more at fault I think if anything they were equally at fault they deserved each other completely even astrologically only one of them is really being punished you know in in a measurable way and that's what bothers me but anyway I agree with that completely okay so how how much time do we really want to spend on Erica I just think it's funny and I think you should watch this season yeah, I can't wait. I didn't even know it was back. I'm definitely going to watch season. I do love the Beverly Hills girls. I want to say that Rinna is uh, also a cancer son. She's a Pisces moon. But the reason that she appears so above it all, like like witnessing it all, is because she, like me, is a Gemini rising Aquarius midheaven. So her appearance, like her, the way that she shows up within the friend group and the way that she like presents on the TV screen as a public figure are both air signs. So that's sort of how her career works, which is that she's sort of like able to be like in the mental energy of it and on the pulse and sort of have that Aquarius midheaven bird's eye view. But it actually is because she is so water. She's actually so deeply psychic that she is sort of feeling into what the storylines are going to be, I think, and then checking herself and going like, okay, let me zoom out for a second. Am I right? And then she's like, yeah, I'm right. The fact that she was on lips says it all. I, she was so early on lips. And I also think that there is a very sensitive, squishy little crab in there on the inside. I really do. Like, I think there's, there's such a like heartbreaking, I don't know, just a heartbreaking vibe to her kind of trying to get her daughters to be the next Hadids. It just, it just breaks my heart in, in twain. I just can't (laughs) go with it. And it was like, what was that thing that like, it's funny because it's, it, it, I agree with you completely. It's also not a coincidence that her daughters also have these, like, like, aside from Scott being one ailment, then like the other daughter came out with like Penda, Penda, Penda or whatever. Like the, both oh, of the yeah. daughters are clearly like crumbling with the media attention, crumbling before our very eyes. So it's like, 
let them just let them just if anything let them go work a day job let them be the lawyers that was shocking to everybody <laughs> you know what i mean like right not work or maybe they don't have to work but it's like i don't know if they want this public life right everyone doesn't have to be famous final terrifying thought that i had and then we can get to the main event sammy sheen denise richards and charlie sheen's daughter got an only fans and it became yes. this whole thing i mean we don't do we don't need to do a big thing on this but it just because it's weird it's just weird i don't think she's gonna really pop off just because she's on only fans doesn't mean she's doing anything um bad you know some people just go on there and post like feet pics so we've all got <laughs> feet mostly and um I, I just was looking at her Instagram and I was like, man, you know, this is really just kind of, she could be any girl in the world. And she happens to have a gazillion Instagram followers just because of who her parents are. She's not even trying to be an actress. She's not even trying to be a singer. Like literally you can just become a nepotism influencer, which obviously isn't news. But then I thought, oh my God, all these kids whose parents are putting them like the kids of mommy bloggers they're all going to be nepotism influencers. And there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's going to be no way to even break into being an influencer because there's going to be so many built-in nepotism influencers. And this is going to be in like 10 years. Wait, you're blowing my mind right now. I have never thought of that. What a what a novel thought that's so right though they're right it's not about like nepotism celebrities it doesn't stop at nepotism celebrities nepotism hollywood nepotism banker now it's nepotism influencer right all of the babies that are in these highly produced shoots will then become the teenagers in the highly produced shoots will then become the highly produced shoots of their own (gasps) i know a girl she's a model she has a daughter who's like a tween and the daughter has like a couple hundred thousand already and she posts you just post like tween things of like got my braces off it's not even like (laughs) it's not even like a great picture or anything it's just like things that kids post and it's like a gazillion people who like the mom being like oh my god you're so cute it's yeah so you know influencing has been not a meritocracy because yes proximity to famous people helps proximity to other influencers helps proximity money money. the money makes it possible because you have a constant flow of new shiny things and new locations to shoot in it's a lot harder to do it if you have no money and you're just someone like namaste at home dad who just makes Uh like shit memes that are awesome but it has been you know if you're funny you can kind of get a following it's gonna that's gonna get even harder is my point same machine is a scorpio rising And we know that this year is all about that South Node moving through Scorpio. 
So I feel like what she's doing now with this OnlyFans on some level is sort of, it's that South Node moving through her first house. She's also a, she's also a Scorpio moon in the 12th house. All the things that we have ever thought about Sammy Sheen previous to this are now completely overshadowed. And the only thing that really that we knew was that she was having issues with her parents, right? So whether it was like, she's actually living with Charlie because Denise is the real tyrant or whatever. Like she and Denise had some drama, you know, she's the child of, you know, tiger blood. So it's like, she obviously has some like weird issues of whatever kind. That was all I really knew about her. Whereas I think this is sort of this like reclaiming her identity, whether it lasts long-term or not, or really low key, what she's doing is just trying to find a husband on some level, like a, a rich husband who just is a banker and they can get out of the spotlight. But I do think that like, this is sort of that South and moving through the first house. It's basically draining all of the previous identities that we sort of had prescribed for her or assigned to her, or that she was just known for in the past as being their daughter and and being a part of this like family drama whereas now it's like okay if anything nepotism influencer or not she is kind of reestablishing herself as her own identity this is my pussy online these are my feet you know and so there's sort of this reclaiming of her identity which means that there's a washing away of her old identity that's bringing her into the north node in taurus a new kind of way of doing partnership and committed partnership perhaps she's just going to be committed to her fan base now moving forward but i don't actually see her like even based on her chart like i don't necessarily see her being a long-term only fans star i think this is like sort of a a bid for independence on whatever level where it's like let me just let me just actually change the conversation into what news it's going to like, let, let's let the news be about me because I made a choice about doing something rather than like, I'm just a kid that's like being like carted between houses and both of my parents are abusive and I have to pick sides. Right. Yeah. I think that's exactly what it is. And just when you look at her, at her profile, you're just like, this is just a normal kid. Like this is a normal girl. Just let, she just needs to, yeah, maybe become a real estate agent or something. I don't know. Right. Right. And it's also just so weird because I just remember reading Perez Hilton and it would always be about their custody battle over Sam and Lola. And they were like two and four at the time. And I'm like, holy fuck. Now they have more Instagram followers than me. This wow. Is the thing. Yeah. Damn. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> the main event, the promise of the title of this podcast, which I don't know what the title is going to be, but I guess this is probably going to be, we are doing the sinistry of Marilyn Monroe and Kim Kardashian. I have it up right before our eyes. We're going to discuss it. These are their two charts laid together. But for anybody that doesn't know, can you please tell the people what the aftermath of the Met Gala has been related to this dynamic duo? Everyone was freaking out that Kim shouldn't have worn the dress, which I will say again, until a month ago, was rotting in a back corner of Ripley's Believe It or Not. Literally. Like, Stop pretending you care about this dress. Most of you probably had no idea that it existed or what it was or that it was still around. It, the fact that it ended up in Ripley's Believe It or Not is proof positive that we, yes, we as a society have failed to appreciate this dress. It is not Kim's fault. Okay. So allegedly there was some damage to the dress after Kim wore it, which of course, I mean, it makes sense that there would be. And again, no one gave a shit about it 10 minutes before that happened. So she went on the Today Show earlier this week 
yesterday, maybe. And she said that she was only wearing the dress for four minutes and she said it wasn't damaged. Everyone had gloves on. I, it just all sounded like lies at the same time. Like, while I am on team Kim with this, because I'm like, it's a friggin' dress and no one gave a shit about it five minutes ago. There's no way she only wore it for four minutes. That makes no sense. There's no way she was only on the red carpet for four minutes. And what did she I mean? It looks like it took, it looks like it took 45 minutes just to get on. Right. Like, did she, I mean, I know people have done this in the past. They've wrote, ridden to the Met Gala in a van so they could stand up in the back seat the whole time so that their thing doesn't get messed up, which sounds like she would have done, but even just getting out of the van, you would have broken it. Like you, you would have broken it. And if you didn't, if you changed in the van at the foot of the red carpet, then you definitely would have broken it. Even if there was people doing it, there's just not enough space to give it the respect it deserves or the just to make it not break so it probably I mean I'm sure it was damaged and I'm sure she well did you see the pictures of the damage I don't so I don't know where those pictures came from and I think the lighting is different in both of them and it's not real I I don't believe in those pictures until I find out the source because I have not been able to track down what the source is and it would be very easy to doctor that and it would be very Mm. easy to doctor the before image and make it look like it was in perfect shape before, which like, let's be real. It probably wasn't in perfect shape before either. Marilyn was like at the height of her like benzo addiction at that point. Right. There's she no partied way- in the dress, if anything. Right. And then like ripped it off and flung it into the corner. Right. Like, there, there's right. no way it was in mint condition beforehand. So I don't believe those pictures. I think. Well, that's a hot take because I've been dying to talk about this with you only from my perspective on it. When I saw the photos was like, wow, this is, like, so humiliating for Kim. Like, not because the dress is so important, but because I know that feeling of, like, looking at a garment after you wear it where you're ass too fat, and it's, like, literally pulling at the seams. Like, you have, like, hurt the integrity of the zipper because you're like, come on! It's, like, literally when you're trying to pack for a trip and you're sitting on the bag, like, pulling the fucking zipper. Like, you can just see the... the, Like, because at the end of the day, like, it didn't fit. Like, I, I... Listen, I don't think this is about the integrity of the dress necessarily. Like, literally, who the fuck cares? You know me. I'm not even fashion sensitive in that way. But the whole thing, to me, does ring a little bit just, like, stupid. Only in that she could have just... When she was wearing at the after party, the one that they made actually for her body, she looked better. Right, but it had to be the real thing. For the moment, for the oh-my-godness of it, it had to be the real thing. What blows the only thing that really bothers me about the moment itself is uh that she had her stupid fake tan. So it, it completely ruined the illusion. It's supposed to be a naked dress. If you paint yourself orange, you're not gonna look naked in the tan dress. Well, and that that jacket that she was wearing, it's like the reason that she was wearing it was because actually she ultimately couldn't even get it fully zipped in the back. So right. she was like holding the thing that she was wearing that drapey jacket over her ass because it was like ah, I literally have done everything I can to squeeze myself and starve myself to get into this dress and it is a, it is actually not happening now here's another okay let me find what this tiktoker's name is so that I can properly accredit them yes. here's another theory that I saw you know how obviously she said I lost all the weight blah 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 I read today that she actually made it because remember, we've been also been talking about like, when will Kim pick her new aesthetic sans Kanye? She did proclaim her new style as futuristic Barbie. Yeah. Okay. Now I can't find this girl. God damn it. I wanted to give credit where credit is due. You know what I mean? I do. And she had a hilarious name. 
and now I can't find it. <laughs> anyway, this girl on TikTok, she said her theory is that Kim didn't even lose the weight for the dress because, and I said that too. I was like, she doesn't look like she lost 20 pounds because me and you, we are short queens. 20 pounds on us looks serious. It does. 20 but, pounds- I, but I thought that she's looking, I felt before she wore the dress that she was looking too thin, which I thought was a revenge. I thought it was a breakup thing because yeah. her, her, she literally looks like a bobblehead at the moment. I don't think she looks too thin. She looks very thin, but this person's hypothesis was she used that as a fig leaf for the fact that she was getting her BBL reduced. Oh, so that oh. she can be like, oh, I lost the weight for the dress. It like this happened naturally. But I also think her. Wow. BBL- wait, let me sit, let that sink in for a second. That is a hot take that actually the dress was actually a distraction. No, just from the- what was actually going on, which is that the reason that she was like losing all this weight, et cetera, et cetera, was to like very, very tastefully and behind closed doors phase out the BBL. Right, exactly. But the BBL is still there because now she and Pete are on vacation and she still looks like she's got a diaper on. But Chloe <laughs> yeah. did get rid of her BBL. You saw that, right? Uh-huh. Well, Crazy. Chloe, for the first time, is, this is the, go Chloe, you did it. Cancer season and you are a cancer and we are here for it. You're dating some random banker or whatever. Chloe has actually, for the first time, I can say, never looked better. Oh, definitely. And thank God she's dating a banker. I've said that I'm a, I am the blonde prophet. How many times have I said Chloe needs to stop dating basketball players and rappers and date a guy with a job that requires, that isn't famous, that is like a banker or an accountant or something. Straight up normie. She needs a rich normie. That's it. But I also think it's kind of like perfect because, you know, I just want to say like, as a, as a disclaimer for everybody, like, so sometimes that Khloe Kardashian migraine commercial comes on my screen when I'm watching the news or whatever. And I hate that commercial. Not only is she exploiting True Thompson, her daughter, but also she looks fucking horrible. And it's like this weird thing where it's like, yeah, let's remember that when we get plastic surgery, when we, as if I've gotten it, I'll remember this for when I do. But when we get plastic surgery, there is that phase of like, 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 uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Like puffiness, um, swollen. Like she mm-hmm. did that commercial for like that migraine medication or whatever with true in it. And she looks fucking horrible because she, her face is just still swollen from the surgery. It's like her face hasn't set yet. Now that her face has like set, it doesn't look like a face job. It's actually like great, pla- it's great work that she had done. But it's like, why did she have to rush to do that commercial? She should have just said like, hey, can we either push this off a month or let me do it before I get this surgery. Like, why did she have to do it? Like, just like right after she got the surgery. Right. You know, like, oh, making this. Mi-. It's like the reason you have a migraine is because you actually just got a uh, plastic surgery on your face and you're probably pumped up with all the different drugs and you fucking had somebody just break your nose on purpose. Right. And like, why are you putting your daughter in a big pharma commercial? It's so dark. Right. It's but- like so fucking weird. But now I think she looks uh, fucking better than ever. Right. Her Her ass is is a BBL on her would literally no longer look good because she actually looks thinner than ever. And it does look actually healthy. Okay. But her BBL always looked like a deformity. It never looked good. Literally. These people like you can't just, I mean, you can, if you want, obviously you can, if you want, but it looks fucking weird. Like no one is thinking, Oh wow. What, what a beautiful, no, that's terrible to say. I'm sorry. No, but it's, it's just, 
these fake butts, no. There, I'm sure there's a really tasteful way to do it. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who have it and it doesn't look completely insane. But the two of them, what they had at their peak was no. absurd. No, Kim was literally looking like toothpicks on an orange. Still is. It, it, yeah, that ass is so fake and so ridiculous. I guess here's my question. When someone loses weight, does the BBL, like, I guess it's like boob job, right? So like, if you lose a lot of weight, does it affect the B, like, can a BBL just melt off of someone or fade out? Or is it the yeah. kind of thing that you have to like get removed as if it's like silicone implants? It's not like a boob job because it's not implants. It's your own body's fat. So it could melt away. Um, it, it could. And apparently some people need to get a tune up every once in a while. If you look at how Kim's has shifted, you can tell she's definitely, you know, had it I, I mean it looks like she's had them reduced and increased and reduced and increased so yeah it is something you need to get a tune-up on and there's I don't think it's very predictable whether it will melt away or stay relatively forever um oh. yeah but another thing I something popped up for me with Heidi Montag when she first got all her plastic surgery and it was very striking to me because uh it doesn't look weird to me anymore and I was like how fucked up is that? When when she first did that, I was like, everyone was like, oh my God, she looks like a science project. This is crazy. But the Overton window has shifted so much. What's the Overton window? It's like the, 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 where you consider things. To, well, I'm saying the Overton window of plastic surgery, like what I consider to be a weird plastic surgery face has moved so far in one direction that her face right. now- I don't even know, like, if I saw her now, I'd be like, yeah, that girl's had some work done, but it wouldn't be freak level. But is it because our perception has changed or is it because similar to Chloe, the face has now sort of like settled? No, because this was a clip from that long ago, right when she had just first gotten it. It's because so many people have had it all done. It's like, we used to see that on TV once in a while, a person who had had that much work done. And now you see it on Instagram 500 times a day. Right. And it's it's like registering as a real face almost. It's also really bad because like I look at sometimes when I'm watching movies and TV shows, I get like distracted by people's face texture and wrinkles and stuff. And I'm like, this is so bad that I'm not used to this. Like, what the fuck? Well, but in this, well, because we were talking about it even like during the, the Anadolfi, you look Paul show, when we were like, we can't even watch Anna Chalumsky's wrinkle face. And it's like, actually, like, she just looks normal. Fuck. Okay, but also on she our- had that, She had that bad cry face too. Yeah, someone <laughs> told me that the first sign, and I don't think Anna Klumsky's a bad actor at all. No. It's just like a sign of bad acting is overactive eyebrows. So when your eyebrows are doing all the work, it kind of means that you're not actually emoting because most people, when they emote, they their eyebrows don't really move that much. Okay, but like, then what do we call, like Julia Fox, for example, who I think we we could agree is probably a good actress. Yeah, I love her. Now that she's, she her does have her eyebrows doing overtime, what does that mean? Well, that's just in a fashion way. But it is like, I mean, is she hiding some emotionality? No. It's just actually like, I don't need your malkes. People stopped caring about the crazy black swan eyeliner, so she had to go right. And I love her for it. Now, let's talk about Kim K and Marilyn's 
synastry. Okay, so this is their chart together. Like, if Marilyn is sending Kim messages from the grave, what would those messages be? Okay. Wait, can I say what I think it is? Yes. I think Marilyn is not mad at Kim wearing the dress. She's mad at everyone getting mad about it. And mm-hmm. I think she's ambivalent about the dress because she just didn't care that much about material things anyway. Right. And she still feels misunderstood even beyond the grave. And she might even feel a little resentful because people did not respect her when she was here. And now they're acting like they did when they did not. And people also don't respect Kim while they're here, while she's here. And 50 years from now, some little girl, some little nepotism influencer who we all get mad at is going to wear a Kim Kardashian outfit and the same thing is going to happen again. And everyone's going to be like, how could you besmirch Kim Kardashian in that way? And everyone's going to pretend that everyone loved her her entire life. That's what I think from my pop culture perspective. Now tell me what's really happening from an astrology perspective. Okay. So number one, I love that take. And we do know now officially you are the blonde prophet. So you heard it here first. The blonde (laughs) prophet has spoken. Okay. (laughs) But um, in terms of astrology, first of all, I think us bringing this up at this time could not be more timely. Not only was it just the last day of Gemini season. And of course, Marilyn is 10th house Gemini she's a Gemini sun Gemini Mercury but her north node her life's work her dharma is in cancer conjunct meaning in the same place her life's work her north node is on her Pluto which means that us speaking for Marilyn from the grave she is still out here doing her work thank you Mm. Mary she north node conjunct Pluto it's like she actually is here to like revolutionize she's here to move you she's here to give the collective i mean especially because that pluto is in the 11th house of the public collective internet fame she is here to get the collective to actually take a look in the mirror and take a look at what they're actually saying and doing versus what like they're like like what are you saying and doing versus what are you like saying and doing right so like what you're saying is so right which is like on some level like we're all so upset on behalf of our favorite girl mare and it's like no at the end of the day she's like get fucking real you all treated me like shit the north node with pluto in cancer speaking from the grave now she's basically learning like yeah take a look at take a look at how you actually did not participate in like nurturing me or loving me or actually allowing me to hold on to the power that you at one point granted me with like we basically gave as a culture we basically gave Marilyn Monroe all of this like hypothetical power for five minutes and then we did everything that we could to like knock it out of her and like bring it out of her and and we killed her for it and like essentially that is kind of the same thing that's happened with Kim which is like for, for a minute there we were like oh my god like the sex tape with Ray J. And then we were like, get off her back. She's cool. Then we got Skechers commercials, charming commercials. We got keeping up with the Kardashians. We hate her or love her. It's like, she actually is someone that we can't take our eyes off of and has done a wonderful job of remaining a, a celebrity despite no reason to on. So, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. she actually has done an amazing job of being this complicated woman in the public eye as it's, did Marilyn. It's also really infuriating to me because Marilyn Monroe has become sort of property of basics I would say oh really that's so funny right she's literally the queen she's a meme queen right property of 
Facebook wine moms of the new generation. Like, yeah. and that's not who she was. Those girls would have hated her when she was alive, the way that they hate Kim because they're threatened by her unpredictability and sexuality. And like, let's face it, vulgarity in the eyes of society. Like right. the people who are defending Marilyn right now probably would not have been huge fans when she was alive. Some of them, at least the ones I'm imagining in my head. Well, and I think that like, like they would have been little housewives being like poor Jackie literally right right like she would have been nothing but a threat to you the same way that Kim is nothing but a threat to you and at the end of the day like you're I I, like I hate seeing all the Marilyn Monroe quotes because I'm like not that I know the context or that I know more about Mare than anybody else but these have got to be taken out of context to whatever degree because it's like she was like the most depressed person on the planet she was like like overtly like did she didn't she commit suicide wasn't that she died i think it was an accident okay but, but either way it was like she she was a drug overdose or whatever it was but it's yeah. like she, she wasn't like she wasn't like living well like she wasn't the like if you don't deserve me at my best you don't deserve me at my worst at all it's like yeah at your worst you are an absolute train wreck like right and she's that's actually saying warning she's not saying you don't deserve me she's saying no seriously unless you really love me i'm not doing this in front of you <laughs> Right. Because she had like a string of husbands who were like pissed that they couldn't control her and they left her because she was, you know, not a fifties housewife and they wanted her to be because she looked like one. She looked like one and she sounded like one. (laughs) Right. Like she got divorced from Joe. Joe DiMaggio filed for divorce from her because of that subway scene where her skirt goes up because he, that was the reason. Yes, he went to visit her on set and he saw her shooting that scene and he was furious. And then they got a divorce because he wanted her to stop working. She was like the biggest movie star in the country. And he wanted her to stop working when they got married because he it's was also just, just like chronically uncool to not be able to handle your woman being, I don't mean your woman, but it's like, like, it's nothing but awesome that she's a sex symbol. And like, Joe, you actually don't have anything to worry about. You're Joe DiMaggio. Don't, it's like, he's like, all he's really doing is like exposing how insecure he is. Exactly. But back then it was, it was seen as like, you know, shameful that your wife is working. Like, this is why we needed the, the whole second wave because it was like, no women are going to work too. The problem is that we didn't also build in things to protect childbirth. That's the problem. But like- Also, she wanted to have kids more than anything, and she just had miscarriage after miscarriage. Like, she had the saddest, most depressing life. She was slut-shamed. She was, like, a butt of jokes. Yes, some a lot of people loved her, but a lot of people treated her like shit. So, like, she... It like Kim Kardashian is a perfect avatar of that. Side note, it's also so funny though that like this dress, if anything, with this chart, especially as like a Gemini, Sun, Gemini, Mercury, Leo rising, Aquarius, Moon, Jupiter, and stuff else, if anything, she's like somebody like like because I feel like her legacy, aside from the memes and the wine mom groups, it's like this isn't a great legacy. It's like I feel like if anything, she's like, remember like wear the dress, like remember here's the thing because her moon is in Aquarius and her son is in Gemini she isn't how do I put it she is emotional she was depressed but she isn't like sentimental in the way that maybe her voice might have indicated like she's not that sentimental she's not that fucking she wasn't emo just for the sake of being emo if anything she was depressed on some level where it's like okay yeah your Mars is in 
Pisces in the in the eighth house and there's like karmic baggage that you're carrying or there's secrets that you're keeping or there's sort of this sense of not knowing what to do with yourself that has you in a state of discomfort her Saturn also in Scorpio in the fourth house so there are home there's like at home from childhood secrets that really affected her psyche I don't know if antidepressants were even thing then but if there was going to be anybody that was drinking on antidepressants it would have been this bitch this chart is somebody drinking on antidepressants so I think if anything she's happy that somebody's wearing the dress because it's like what a waste what a waste for diamonds to just go off living in the back of a Ripley's believe it or not with kids actually like spitting on it as they walk by (laughs) like I think she's happy that she's even just in the conversation and I think that she's happy that we're having these conversations about what things are worth and what the value of things is because when I look Mm. at their charts together you know the north node is in Taurus right until like July of next year basically both Kim and Marilyn have their Chiron your favorite the wound Mm -hmm. in Taurus so this north node moving through Taurus is actually ultimately the best case scenario is that it brings a certain healing to this age-old wound but the fact that they have the same wound is so interesting to me because it is a wound it's a Taurus wound around like values question let me ask you a question before you fully dive into it this was the main thing I wanted to ask you about in their charts I think they have such a different relationship to work and that's the biggest difference between the two of them because Marilyn Monroe's work was completely invisible. She was like you were saying, she was the most emo person on the inside and aesthetically she was the least emo person ever. She was radiating sunshine and that was work. She got a nose job. She got a chin implant. Nobody knows that they all think, That didn't exist until the 80s. No, she put work into her fake name. She put work into her fake hair, her face. Her voice was fake. She was working, working, working all the time. She worked with an acting coach so much. She was obsessed with becoming a method actor. She was obsessed with work and she made it look like she was just naturally this way. And she so was not. I mean, obviously that was because she was extremely talented, but it also was because she put so much work in. Whereas with Kim, Kim shows us her work. She's showing us herself taking the bar exam. She's on Getty at the opening of a toilet in Times Square sponsored by Charmin. Like Kim shows her work. So what's the difference between these two? Like Marilyn hit it. It was invisible. And Kim is like, I'm work. You better work. Remember her stupid thing a couple weeks ago? Oh, so- I do. How could we ever forget? Like, yeah, what, so- is, what is Kim's response to Beyonce's new song is what I would like to know. I know. I want to see what Beyonce was. She was probably sitting. Do you ever see the meme of her? She's like sipping a uh, uh, fountain soda and looking at someone like, oh, like walking away. <laughs> That's what she was doing when that whole thing was going on, because I think she was like, I know everyone likes me more than Kim. I, well, I think they're friends now, but like everyone respects Beyonce so much more than they respect Kim. And she was probably like, and she's doing this whole work thing and how perfect that I'm coming out with the anti-work anthem in a fucking month. But totally. so what is what does this have to do with their, cause Taurus is work and coziness. And what, what's the, what's this have to do with their Chiron, their different relationships to work? Well, okay. So a few things. So when you have a Chiron, and this is for anybody listening, check in your chart. When you have a Chiron in Taurus, it can indicate a number of different things. Like Chiron in Taurus can mean on, in some cases, like fertility issues, which they both had. Um, it can mean 
you know, not, well, I don't know if Kim has fertility issues, but Kim had very, like the reason she had surrogates the second time wasn't actually because of vanity. It was because the first two pregnancies were actually so, she had, what was it called? Preeclampsia? What, what did she, yeah. what was her, it, she had some very, very painful and, and, and it's because she's, and it's because she's rich. Cause most people with preeclampsia, they just don't have another kid. Well, right. She had the opportunity. She and Kanye wanted four. Okay. Got it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, at the end of the day, she had a very difficult time with pregnancies. You're telling me that Marilyn had a ton of uh, miscarriages. So mm-hmm. Taurus wounds can indicate a physical wound, can indicate a wound around your own sense of self-worth or your own sense of value. It can indicate a wound around resources, money, finances, or it can indicate a wound around like, again, the physical body in some way, or a wound around just like the material elements of life or the values in life. Right. So I think it's interesting that they both have these Taurus wounds that this North node is bringing to attention. And it's like sort of all coming to head in the, in the realm of a dress, which is so Taurus anyway, like this, like, like keeping the sanctity of this dress intact. Although uh, before this Met Gala, we didn't even, not only did we not give a fuck that it existed, we didn't give a fuck where it was. It's literally at a LOL swag ass rip. Like, I don't know. Have you ever been to Ripley's believe it or not? No, my parents would never let me go because it was like not cultured enough. It's not. Ripley's Believe It or Not is basically like a tourist trap. Right, like, exactly. These not it's- like These are not like high-end like museum or like cultural experiences, right? It's literally just like a, a fun house. It's like having it at the Hard Rock yeah, exactly. Times Square. Not exactly. even. Not even because it's like at the Hard Rock, at least you have to make a reservation to go and it sort of has some cachet. Like, we've got to get in. We, gotta sit at- we want to sit at the Bruce Willis table or whatever. Like, it's like, this is literally like we are doing two for one specials. Come one, come all. Believe it or not, this still exists. And what is Taurus if not aesthetic? I mean, Taurus is ruled by Venus. Taurus is dresses. It's aesthetics. It's the sanctity of clothing. It is the values that we attach to things. It is the resources that we have. So I feel like, this is bringing up where both of these women have wounds, whether it's in the form of their bodies. I mean, even the way that we were just discussing this dress when this first came out, you were telling me like when Marilyn wore this dress, she was actually like killing herself in. Like she was actually gone. Like this was three months before she passed. She was really not doing well. So like there's sort of this attention around like the physical body and health. And we're making this dress mean so much. But I think what you're saying is really right, which is that at the end of the day, what it actually is calling attention to is our collective values and the way that we like really choose to like value and support and maintain the sanctity of after the fact, once we're mad enough at Kim K that now we're, we're taking a stand about Marilyn. And it's like, when it was Marilyn's time to shine, you did not let her, you did not let her, you did not right. want her to. It's crazy. We hate women so much that we can't even celebrate one until it gets to the point that we're knocking another one down. It's like right. hilariously okay. awful. But one other thing that just popped out at me from what you were just saying. I made that crack. Kim was able to get a surrogate because she was rich enough. She's also able to get a surrogate because the technology exists. Marilyn, when she was alive, probably would have, if she was alive today, she probably would have gotten a surrogate or she would have done IVF or something. She would have had the technology. So like maybe her in the beyond, she's saying, oh my God, I'm I'm so happy for her for Kim that she was able to make this work and have four kids, even though it wasn't easy for her. Well, let me throw this at you because you're going to love this. Check it out. Kim K's North Node, Kim K's Dharma, 
her life's work is almost exactly conjunct, meaning in the same place, as Marilyn's rising sign. So actually, Kim doing this stunt, whatever you want to call it, which also is interesting, too, because it's right on. So Marilyn had her rising in Leo with her Neptune right in her first house near her rising. So there was sort of the the dream equality about her. What is my real name? What is my identity? Where am I from? Am I going to die young? Will you remember me then? And yes, here we are. Kim actually calling you back into the conversation from the other dimension when your rising sign is fucking perfect. I know. I agree. That's amazing. Kim was willfully, controlledly starving herself. And Marilyn was in the throes of a doctor-supervised drug addiction. Like, the way that she died is because she was, like, I think doctor shopping. And, like, one doctor gave her a dose of one thing. She didn't tell the second doctor she had already had that. And then she took the other thing. And that's why she died. So, like... It's it's just this whole other thing where Kim is kind of living out her fate being like, I can do all of these. Not that like being able to lose weight is such a great feat. It's not that easy for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? It's like Kim really is cosplaying this woman who was in trauma and in trouble and struggling and having a really, really hard time. And then like Kim is just going to be able to kind of like dip out at the end of it. I guess I get why people are annoyed by that, but I think it's kind of poetic because it's like she is a woman who's completely in control of her life. Whereas Marilyn, no matter what she did, no matter how hard she worked, no matter how hard she tried, she could not control what movies she got, what how the studio treated her, how the... You know, today she would be Reese Witherspoon. She would have her own production company where she's optioning all of her favorite movies that she, or her favorite books that she, because she was a huge reader. She would be doing that. She would be able to take it into her own hands. But because of the time that she lived, she couldn't take that into her own hands. She couldn't control. She couldn't get, she couldn't have a kid. Well, and I also think what's really interesting too, in that same vein of like North, Kim's North Node on Marilyn's Rising, we also have, this is so special, Kim's South Node is almost exactly to the degree on Marilyn's seventh house moon. The moon and the south node are arguably the two parts of your chart that like, so the moon is really like your your inner self, your emotionality, but it's sort of like the, 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 it is like the essential nature of who you are when truly nobody's watching. Like if there was a fly on the wall or a fly in your psyche, your moon is who you fucking are, right? Your south node, it's almost beyond who you really are. It's like you've reached some kind of a past life mastery in your south node. When you have a south node in Aquarius, for example, where Kim has hers, why is she actually just so good at turning things into fame or turning things into like broadcast material or collective collective conversation topics or a selfie coffee table book? It's because on some level in her second house values uh money resources she has her south node in aquarius so she's actually like okay i got this i'm gonna work the system into a way into a place where i can do my north node in the eighth house so i can get all of your money by performing and by like sharing my voice right whereas Marilyn's moon is exactly on her south node so this like if I if they were both alive let's just say to this day and I was looking at this chart together I would go wow you obviously have some past life uh 
synastry. Like this is a, these are people that know each other on a soul level because who Marilyn is on the inside is actually where Kim is coming from on a fundamental level and how Marilyn is presenting and leading first and foremost is actually giving Kim clues to who she is supposed to be in the world. If she evolves on a soul level, it's beautiful. Wow. I love it. Who do you think she is supposed to be if she evolves on a soul level? I honestly think Kim's doing her fucking work. I think she's yeah, doing so great. Too. I think, Kim, and, and it's interesting, you're asking about like work, the work piece, right? Like why was one person's work looking a certain way versus another person's work looking a certain way? Well, it's because in Marilyn's chart, when we, when we want to look at like day job, so we can talk about legacy and career as well. But first and foremost, when we're talking about like day job, like what you do on a daily basis, that, that where, where you would show the work would be the sixth house, the routines, the rituals that you do every day in order to serve, whether it's serve yourself, serve others. It's how you actually, it's what you do every day, right? So for Marilyn, her South Node was in the sixth house in Capricorn. So what does that mean? It means that she's coming from this place of like Capricorn, you and I both coming from this place of on a daily basis, just doing that work of being a public figure and doing that work of making sure that the public sees that she's somebody that's worthy of all this status and doing this work of being like, I can actually show you that I can remain in the public eye and successful and fuck the fucking president. Even if you still hate me, I'm still out here. That's sort of Marilyn's south node in the sixth house where she's like at the end of the day Marilyn's life's work was to become more spiritual to become this sort of feminine archetype that we learn from and that we actually use as a sort of baseline to how we relate to that primal the the like it's almost like Kim is actually allowing Marilyn to do her work post-mortem because now actually this conversation about like what is the dress's value what is Marilyn's value what is Kim's value what is the value of weight and weight loss and material etc that's actually what Marilyn is here to have us do and it's actually kind of beautiful because Marilyn's north node is in the 12th house in cancer with her Pluto right at the 11th house in cancer so it's actually part of Marilyn's chart that has her effectively working after death to be like which is so feminine I'm doing less than nothing I'm just fucking out here dead And I am still being this uh, attractive, creative public force in how we are like, like evolving the psychology of society evermore. It's really interesting how we don't make dead men do any work. They just kind (laughs) of like, you know, they just kind of have a legacy and that's it. And then the women, it's like, well, what did she mean? What was this? How does she fit in? How do uh, like it's just I don't know. Like we're literally still making Marilyn answer for herself and what she thinks about this drama post mortem. Yeah, well, that's just me and you doing that, but no, but I mean, who would? And thank God for us. Thank God for us. This is the real tea. But I will say that Kim's Kim's sixth house right is starts in Taurus and then moves into Gemini. So why do we see the work? Because at the end of the day, on some level, she feels like, especially because her Chiron's there in the fifth house, I think because that it's Taurus into Gemini, it's sort of like, here's what I value. And because it's Gemini in the sixth house, part of her daily routines and part of her daily work is to actually do that Gemini work of talking about it, of like expressing the story and going like, okay, let me share with you the story of what it is that I'm here uh, doing. And, and so for her using storytelling as a way to do that daily work and create that public image is, is just extremely helpful to her. Right. I mean, Kim's midheaven, Kim's legacy, her career is it, the, it, it basically comes through at the very late degree 
of Virgo. So on some level, she really is here to like display as perfect and like be this perfect public icon. Whereas for Marilyn, she was here to Taurus midheaven display as sort of this divine feminine ideal that we actually at that time totally devalued and fucking hated on and judged. And we still do, really. And we still do. I am really excited for the next Zoom renewal. It is on June 28th. You guys are going to want to join us 5 p.m. sharp. We'll do it live. Going live. Fuck it. We're going live. Leave a review. No, oh, actually leave, leave a review. A review. Yeah, okay, Molly, you tell them. We actually need to leave a review for like really, five. Yeah, you really need to leave a review because something got messed up with like the algorithm. Is that what he said? I don't know. Something happened where we need to kind of jog Apple podcast memory that we exist so that we can get our rankings. So in order for that to happen, you guys need to leave reviews, good reviews so that then it will like suggest us to people just leave a review. Like specifically, if there was ever a time, it doesn't have to be perfect. In fact, you can always go back and rewrite it and just it'll update, but like literally throw five stars on Apple podcasts or I'll post on my Instagram, the way to do it. It's so easy, but five stars and just be like best shit ever for us so that we can actually get back into the charts because we have been somehow like ghosted from the system because we switched platforms and other either way do it now we need you you can rewrite it later just put something up lol great pod we really need you and also it's not like google reviews or yelp where you have to make an account all you have to do is type in a fake name and then type in the review you don't even have to link your email address so just please do it i mean come on please do it if i can do it and also if no molly and i had a debate earlier if you want us to sing the reviews, let us know. We actually don't, we actually think on some level singing the reviews halted all activity entirely, which we will not take personally, but okay, we get it. We're not going to leave a review in fear of us singing it. So we're not going to sing it, but if you want us to let us know, we love to sing. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, happy cancer season, get in touch with the divine feminine. The divine masculine would leave us a re- the, our ideal divine masculine of the future is the kind of guy who leaves a nice review. So and who, like that says all of his bros at the bar. Hey, everybody, like either give me your phone or do this real quick. Like be that, be that for us. Like get all your friends, even if they don't listen to just leave a quick something so that we can actually get back in the game here. Right. And this applies to you no matter what your earth gender is. Yeah. No matter what your earth gender is, on the inside, we're all a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. And on the outside, I mean, if you see and my jawline. Literally, I now walk around in a backwards hat 24-7 because I'm like, it's merch. <laughs> okay, very good. I love you guys. Bye. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles. The rich and Uranus. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. (laughs) Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.